0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Files Obscura. Today is a very special episode as we have our first collaboration on with us today uh, as we talk about the Bennington Triangle and the surrounding area with all the myths and legends about Sasquatch, UFOs, and the disappearances that made the area famous. Uh, As always, we are joined today by Vlad.
1: Hey, how's
0: it going? We are also joined by Cece.
2: Hi, guys.
0: And we are joined by our guest today. His name is Sebastian. You can go ahead and find him at his podcast, the Stay Hydrated Podcast, uh, on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcast, and wherever else you may listen to your uh, up-to-date and latest episodes. On so, how are you doing today, Sebastian?
3: I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How are you guys? Pretty good. Doing all you know, right. just
0: chilling, just trying to you know get some things going on, staying productive during the summer. Nice. I'm
2: just waiting for the weather to change back to summer because it's gone to hell with uh hail hail with uh thunder and lightning at the moment
1: oh wow! yeah that's not good yeah so this will be uh
0: this will be interesting because i know prior to us actually recording you were actually cutting out a little bit two
2: power cuts in a row
0: (laughs) yep so this will be interesting hopefully we don't have to redo this episode
1: yeah um
0: yeah but as always you know with the podcast, we want to stay, you know, a little more original with some of these topics. So I had to kind of push myself to to talk about something other than the disappearances that made the Bennington Triangle famous. Which, you know, I put a few in there because, you know, it, it's part of the history. It's part of the, you know, the local legends and speculations about what happened. But in my research, I found some other interesting stories that might uh, that might capture your attention. And hopefully I did a good job in, in you know, respecting the area and, and the history behind it. So, as always, you know, we play a game of two truths and a lie. Uh, Sebastian of ran you through how we do this. Uh, yeah. Are you ready? I am. Vlad, Cece, are you guys ready? I'm ready.
2: Yep, I'm ready. All
0: right. So, our first statement today is, you know, I did a little bit of research, a little bit of history on the area, how it started, you know, how it grew up. And I found a little something out that during the late 1800s, the area, you know, was a bustling town of tourism. You know, with their very high, you know, logging and and charcoal industry that they had in the area. You know, uh, Glastonbury was named, it was a town named after the mountain. Bennington was also one of those uh, areas that sprawled up around this time. Um, But after, you know, after the area pretty much was barren due to the logging industry, you know, deforesting, the whole area, you know, people left. The town dried up, you know, they moved on. So that's fact number one. Back number two, you know, is that the reason why the story uh, stuck out to me was because I've noticed that there was a growing interest in, in uh, the Bennington Triangle lately due to a, a, a spike in re- in the uh, recent disappearances, uh, which for a while, you know, there's been very dormant cases. There may be one every several years, but now we're starting to see cases of a couple of people missing a year, you know, and I think. Uh, uh, from 2018, like five people went missing in the area, you know. So there's a lot more interest growing in, in what's going on, you know.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah.
0: So it, it was, you know, it was kind of easier to find information, you know, once I, once I uh, picked up on that, you know. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, you know, our last little facts today, you know, local legends and Native American myths of the area speak of a legendary man-eating stone rests in the middle of the mountain it said if you get near it or you stand on it the 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 stone will either consume you or will turn into a softer material and just absorb you until you were disappeared thus explaining why you know nobody ever finds traces of you
1: okay well um, I'm currently trying to decide between the second one and the third one yeah um, the second one that's pretty convincing the third one if that was that, if that was false, I'm gonna have to give you props for creativity because that's pretty good. <laughs> um, let's see. Mm, I don't know. I feel like the third one's absurd enough to be true. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm that's-
2: thinking. Yeah, I'm going, right. I'm hovering around the second one personally.
0: Who knows? Maybe I got lazy this time. Maybe I try to make it easy on you guys. Oh,
2: well, don't say that. <laughs>
1: You know what? I'm gonna go ahead. And, uh, I'm gonna flip the coin. I'm gonna say that it's uh, it's it's a third one. You think it's the third one? you made up a. a you think uh, I made up the man eating rock? Yeah, yeah I mean too.
3: Okay, I'm
0: gonna, one to I'm gonna follow up. the
2: majority here. I'm gonna follow the majority, all right,
0: majority rule. You all thought I, I, I made up the man eating rock? Change your mind?
2: I'm thinking yeah. of this.
3: What are the other two? Can you just
0: uh, that it? the town in the 18 that the area in the 1800s was, you know, bustling tourist attraction um, due to the logging industry and everything, and that there's a growing interest in uh, the Bennington Triangle recently due to a rising number of uh, uh, cases of people disappearing in the last you know, decade.
3: I'm going to change to the first one. You think it's the first one? Yeah. Okay.
0: So Sebastian thinks it's the first one. CC Vladimir, you both think it's the third one still?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go with the third because man-eating rock sounds a little bit absurd. <laughs> I'm gonna go
1: with the third one because I think it would be amusing if he actually came up with that story. Okay. That, that, I mean I'm just hoping. I'm okay. Just, I'm like, all right. You know what? I'm gonna give him the benefit. All right, yeah. I'm gonna give I'm, you guys. I'm hoping more. it's real. in your mind.
0: We we all settled. We're yeah.
2: settled. Maybe I'll get this one right for once.
0: All right, I'm gonna go ahead and lock you guys in that. Sebastian picked the first one. Cece and Vladimir, you guys picked the third one. Let's get on with some facts. So, of course, as always, I decided, you know, let's start from the beginning. Let's look at the mountain itself and try to look up some prehistory before you know, colonization and, and people charted the areas. So Glastonbury Mountain, you know, is where most of the, the, these uh, sightings and paranormal encounters happen, um, which is where the Bennington Triangle is located and is located on, the, you know, uh, I believe it's the like southwest side of the mountain. Um, it's located, the mountain itself is located just northeast uh, of the Benning, of Bennington, the little area that has given the triangle its name. It uh, has built up a reputation of strange lights, Bigfoot encounters, and unexplained experiences over the years. Native Americans in the region believe that the mountaintop was where, four, where the four winds uh, met and had housed an enchanted stone that consumed anyone who dared go near it. God damn it! Yeah. It's noted that they only go near the mountain to bury their dead, and under no other circumstances, they avoid this mountain like the plague. I right, feel like so, this is
2: what pet cemetery is based off of. Uh,
0: partially. I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. I, I didn't find any literary links to this one. But you know, Col- you know, white man didn't come to to this area until it was charted in you know 1761. You know, where early colonists, you know, they learned pretty quickly the uh, the hardships that come with you know, living on this mountain and that many people began to believe the land to be cursed. You know, the town would see a very short-lived prosperity during the 1800s as a lumber town where they would also produce their own charcoal. Many people came to Bennington as it was even known as a tourist town. But by the end of the 1800s, the mountain was deforested and residents began to move. By this time, only one family remained. And in 1937, the township was officially unrecognized in Bennington.
3: Okay. So nobody got it right.
2: So I should just take a second. <laughs> nobody
0: I got right. A
1: second. I it nobody <laughs> got right. Oh. It was the one I tried to make wow. most obvious. Mm-hmm. That, that's the one. I'm. I don't know. I just felt like, oh no, this one has to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, all right,
0: all right. So yeah, I knocked off three of you all out. Damn I was...
1: it! Yeah. <laughs> I <remember laughs>
2: like yeah, I feel. I feel so bad at this. <laughs>
1: No but that that's the point. We're we're it's not supposed to be easy. It's funny my my gut told me to go with
3: 2 but my brain was like Yeah
0: I, I, I was I was worried. I I really thought you were going to get it right.
2: I should have said I should have stuck with 2. I I annoyed yeah. myself now. I, I thought <laughs> that
3: tourism was too much. Should have like, It was a lumber town that may had tourists. I thought no. Nah, yeah,
0: no. No. I, I was surprised when I saw that too. I was like oh
3: yeah. that's interesting. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting for you to
1: come up with some kind of crazy story about like man eating rocks for you. <laughs> like. Oh yeah, right. Like you at know? some point, one of the lies has to be absurd. It has to be.
0: I I'm so glad I found out about that man eating rock stuff. That's so because because I found like this random like old old newspaper clipping of an image of a man eating rock somewhere on the internet, and I, and all I could remember in the back of my head was like even if this is like one percent true, I have to know the story behind this. You know, that's where my mind went. That was good. You know, but, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, local folklore legend and stuff, you know. And so there's some authors that I I looked into. One very prominent author, Joseph Citro, a New England folklore author, uh, wrote in his book, The Vermont Monster Guide, about the man-eating rock as a possible explanation for the disappearances that made the area famous. He wrote, no one alive has seen this dangerous anomaly on Glastonbury Mountain. Native Americans knew of it and warned people away. We can only imagine it as a sizable rock, large enough to stand on. But when someone stands upon it, the rock becomes less solid and, like a living thing, swallows the unfortunate trespasser. A number of disappearances have been reported on Glastonbury Mountain. Could all the vanished folk have stepped uh, inadvertently on this hungry stone? Hmm. You know, which has been offered as some lore explanation for the people that have disappeared you know and, and there's numerous cases of people who have disappeared without a trace or you know without you know you know with, with no warning sign you know and with certain individuals it, it there's you know discussions of people having either just run away or to to other extreme situations of a serial killer on the loose you know and in one particular story of an eight-year-old boy who was who um was lost and never found. Some theories suggest that he, that his mother actually killed him and fed him to pigs. Like, yeah, it's 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 all kinds of wild and out there.
3: Now I kind of want to go. Right? <laughs> it, I want to see it. I want to see it there, now, in real life. Sure. Like, it absorbs
0: yeah. me. it was like, oh, this is so fucked up when yeah. can i get there you Yeah, know i want Ooh. to start thro-
3: throwing things on top of rocks and see if suddenly it disappears admittedly right? like yeah. the
2: game dev in me is like i want to take this into a video game this would be a really fun video <laughs> game let's throw a character into a man eating rock and see what the fuck happens
1: <laughs> yeah, i want to i want to sit in the man eating rock <laughs> Maybe you, could, you, you oh, enter like yeah, a yeah, parallel universe or something. Yeah, and exactly. And there you
0: go, bye bye. Yeah, you know I'm good.
2: I
1: mean, it's worth it. Oh.
0: <laughs> I mean, I throw a squirrel to see if it does anything. That's it. You
2: just your squirrel just disappear into a rock. Just yeet.
0: <laughs> no, it's more. It's more like pudding or something, or like quicksand. It just slowly gets absorbed. Uh, oh kind
2: of... no, that gives me memories I don't need to remember.
0: Oh. <laughs> it feels like a video game glitch in real life. It, almost. Yeah. No. And, and, and you'll be surprised whenever I was doing research on the Manning rock how many like supposedly famous rocks there are in New England?
1: Oh no <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it's it's weird. all kinds of stuff from like you know petroglyph carvings uh, uh, or Viking you know uh, land declaration stones or whatever to like the devil's footprint was one I found there, and it's it's just so many things there are, are too many here.
1: too many famous rocks,
0: right The
2: only famous rocks I know from where I am is Stonehenge
0: <laughs> right. So, but, but, you know, there, there, there's a lot of other interesting activity that, you know, that are being reported such as, you know, Bigfoot. Now, Bigfoot, I don't know how into Sasquatch you guys are, but I find it very fun to talk about. I find it very fun to speculate. I won't say necessarily, I believe. But it's fun. It, it's one of those fun things that I, I like to encourage.
2: I mean, know? it's like me and ghosts. I would, I don't believe in Bigfoot, but I would like to believe that something like Bigfoot or a Sasquatch or a Yeti, whatever, right. exists because it's kind of a fun idea that this sort of, not exactly evolved, but intelligent creature lives almost alongside us.
1: Yeah,
0: and, and, and um, whenever I was looking up reports, I tried to find some that were like corroborated or printed in, in you know newspaper reports. Um, there's a lot of Ones that, you know, just didn't make any sense or were, you know, easily explained away as bears. But, you know, there's still been so many, you know, supposed sightings. I wrote a few of them down, you know, uh, with, with, you know, sightings of Bigfoots ranging in the area. You know, the earliest report that I was able to find was in 1879. The New York Times reported that two hunters um, had happened upon a wild man while hunting in the heavily wooded area, just north of Pono. I don't know how you pronounce that P-O-W-N-A-L. I, I tried my best. going to be honest. <laughs> uh, the hunters, you know, when they saw this creature, they were startled, you know, because it was like apparently standing up and jumped off, you know, this rocky cliffside, this rocky precipice. And one of the hunters, they shot at it, wounding the creature. And this creature would then turn around and scream wildly and violently, you know, in pain clutching where it was shot, uh, before it would then charge at the two hunters to which the hunters would then prominently drop their weapons and run in the other direction, you know, and, and you know, of course we can assume they made it out alive. Cause that's how we got the story, you know, but why,
3: why would they drop their weapons?
2: Yeah. I sure you a few and then like it afterwards. That's here, what
0: here. I would do can give you, you know, being so panicked. Well, cause one hunter shot it and it only pissed it off. Yeah. Obviously, you don't want to be associated with a thing
1: that just pissed it off. <laughs> so when did this happen again? 1879. Maybe it was one of those uh, one of those pistols that you have to like. It takes a while to flintlock and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Sure. That's that's what so yeah it
2: probably is a flintlock.
1: Yeah, a musket. If that's the case. then I wouldn't want to be like carrying around this thing that takes forever to load.
0: Yeah, because I know breech rifles weren't really a thing until you know much later after the Civil War. So I mean, this is only what 14 15 years after the civil war so yeah i can see them being around but they again they weren't really popular because breech rifles are what led to us using our modern magazines and stuff like that it was like yeah they were
3: plus they were hunters i mean they probably didn't have like the latest technology yeah exactly they they had
0: what their fathers had you know Mm -hmm. they had what they were able to fix so that's fair you know um, I even saw other reports uh, of um, stagecoaches around this time in the late 1800s that were being attacked and, and, and you know, turned over by these, you know, wild men. So, interesting. yeah, like you, you, there, there was a lot of strange reports that, that you would see of the quote unquote Bennington monster, hmm. you know, but like, 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 like I said, uh, a lot of people speculate that they were bears, much like this next case. Um, there's one account I found as recent as September of 2003, uh, is of a Winooski man who spotted what he claimed was a Bigfoot heading into the woods near route seven towards Glastonbury mountain around dusk. You know, whenever he told officials, officials, you know, they shrugged it off claiming It was more likely an upright bear as there's a large population that live around the mountain, you know, which I can understand that explanation, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure I can tell the difference between a bear and something that looks like a hairy humanoid.
2: I mean, know, and the point of, and of um, argument of, I guess is the best you could say against it is oh, how far away was it?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause, Cause after a certain point, yes, I'll, I'll admit I'm going to have a hard time being able to give you a, a true answer.
3: Yeah. And it could have been like a uh, foggy nighttime. They could have uh, been drunk
0: well, around dusk. So you know, yeah, still it's not the best lighting. Yeah.
2: So there's an argument for and against either side. You know, yeah. it's Really
0: be out and bright, so I, I think it's early enough. Might have been tired, but still, I I, I don't know. If you're mm-hmm. a hunter, you're you're used to being up at early ungodly hours.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, that that's just my take on it. And of course, I try to look up you know UFO facts and, and you know accounts like that, and I was blown away. By just how many UFO, you know, encounters or sightings that are in Vermont? So much so that you know they have. If, if you want to go to a place in America to have your best chance of finding a possible sighting, Vermont's the place to go. With odds set to, to every two hundred and five people to one is going to encounter something. With it most predominantly being in the springtime and the summertime is whenever you're going to see a lot of you know possible possible uh sightings versus us in Texas, whenever I looked it up, the odds of you finding an encounter here in Texas is like three thousand three hundred and forty nine to one. You think that's they might quite have... big odds. Yeah, it's quite a big difference. But then again, you know, Texas is the second largest state and like the first most populated state. So,
1: so I'm gonna throw out a, a theory out there. Do you think it's possible that the reason the reason people see UFOs more often in Vermont might be because of the uh the light pollution? I mean, it's possible, but you got to
0: keep in mind, most of these ports do still come out around Glastonbury and Glastonbury is out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's like- it's not because, well, because, the, because I've lived in both, you know, the middle of nowhere in a desert, I've lived out in the countryside up in Illinois and I've lived in the city here. I can tell you from my own personal experience, when it comes to light pollution, there's a very distinct difference between an isolated or, or glowing mass in the st- in the sky and the low hum of light that you see often in the, in the horizon.
1: Okay, so you don't think light pollution makes a difference?
0: I don't think it makes much of a difference. Okay. You know, in my experience, I wouldn't say so. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm not the expert in uh, in light pollution, so I'm no. going to go ahead. Well, yeah.
0: you know, when I moved to Texas uh, from California, when my dad, you know, started working, uh, you know, kind of – I think he worked as a contractor underneath NASA – I got really invested in, in learning more about space and light pollution and constellations and stuff like that. So I, I it's something I've kind of always kept, kept an eye out for. Oh, okay. Because when I go camping, I like going camping and I'm able to see the stars. So being able to track where I'm going to be able to get like, the least amount of light pollution really helps. Okay. All
1: right. So
2: see, yeah, I'm lucky insofar yeah. as I have no light pollution in my backyard. So more often than not on um, days when it's not cloudy. Well, nights when it's not cloudy, I would just sit out and just watch the stars. That's, That's
1: awesome. good. That's so cool.
0: But, you know, like I said, there there are so many reports uh, of uh, people claiming to see something out in the night sky. Uh, twenty twenty people, I think, I, I saw reports of just last year alone or uh, this year alone in the Vermont. Uh, really, you know, really speaks to the volume because because Vermont's a very small state.
3: Yeah.
0: You know, it's, and this area, the, the Glassbury Mountains, you know, reported to have all kinds of encounters. Most of them, unfortunately, you know, have been. Um, reasoned off to be either military experiments weather phenomena this that or the other and you know f- you know with what I've seen the, th- the stuff that I've uh, read in my own private you know investigation it was more or less I agree with it um, but then there's always that one story or that one video you like maybe I don't know so and, and you know people really started to respond to this area especially you know in 1966 Because there was a noticeable rise in, in, you know, activity all over the state. So much so that, you know, the U.S. started to get involved in in researching this whenever they started, you know, looking into their Project Blue Book, you know, program and stuff like that. When they were really looking into UFO activity, this was one of the predominant areas that they would do research in. You know, so a little interesting history I found out there. Mm, It's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, but... You know, of course, there are the cases that make the Bennington Triangle very famous. The disappearances. That's what everyone likes to talk about. So we're going to talk about a couple of the cases that happened, you know, in the area around up to 40 people are claimed to have disappeared. Um, but there are a few cases uh, in the 40s and in in early 50s that journalists really covered that made the area famous. You know, one of these famous ca- uh, cases happened in 1945. A man by the name of Mitty Rivers, you know, he was an experienced outdoorsman, uh, and he was serving as a mountain guide to a lot of people uh, around this time. He would disappear on November 12th, 1945, as he was leading his uh, own group back to camp, whenever he started to get ahead of them. And, of course, they're on one long trail um, uh, going through the forest. I think the trail length was like 22 and a half miles long. Mm -hmm. So it's a real long walk. You know, but he got ahead of everyone. Um, And of course, people reasoned, "Okay, we'll catch up with him later. We'll catch up with him at camp. But by the time they got back to camp, Mitty was nowhere to be seen. Um, So then they went ahead and, and started a search party and nobody could find this dude. Nobody could find out where the 75 year old man who has, you know, roughly 30 plus years of experience being an outdoorsman just suddenly vanished in, for, in, in woods. He, he knows very well, you know, there's not a single trace of him or what happened to him that has ever surfaced, you know? And in some of these cases, by the way, and I think including middies, they actually had to call people outside of Vermont to help, you know, with their search parties, because like I said, the area, you know, the township, you know, was uh, decentralized, like it doesn't exist anymore. So it, it's just uh, an organ. It's just a small little like like a Hamish or a little village, uh, or Hamish Parish. I don't know why I said Hamish. Mm-hmm. I'm having an off day.
1: That's cool. But <laughs> yeah, it happens. But yeah, so in th-
0: that kind of bugs my mind. It's like, how does such an experienced man just get lost?
1: Obviously,
2: we're ruling out like um, potential places he can trip and fall or rivers and the like. I'm guessing.
3: And like yeah, wildlife. And, and, and,
2: yeah, wildlife as well.
3: Yeah.
0: But again, you would see some evidence of attacks. You would hear some screams at some point as far as like like disappearing. There are the theories of, you know, some of these people possibly falling down these abandoned, you know, chimneys and cellars of the, you know, the towns that once did populate the area, you know, and could they have possibly. You know, and with the extreme foliage that has grown over in the past century, I wouldn't doubt that'd be next to impossible. Because that would obviously it.
2: be my first go-to, was rule out any potential hidden holes.
0: Yeah. Right? But then again, that it's in the name. They're hidden. How do you, How are you ever sure you got all of them? True. So, you know, you, you can make your best effort in that one, but as far as I know, nobody, nobody's ever been found in any of these.
2: It does sound like it could be a losing battle as well, to be quite honest.
0: Yeah, very much so. Um, But then comes the case in 1949, uh, James E. Tetford is, to me, the case that really makes all of this stand out. Because for him, what happened is that he would ride a bus, you know, trying to get home, you know, where he lived in Bennington. He would get on and on the bus at St. Albans. And, you know, everyone remembers him waiting on the bus, you know, up until the very last stop right before his stop in Bennington. Um, You know, everyone uh, remembered him sitting in the back Everyone remembered, you know, him looking outside the window, just waiting for him to get home through the long, through the long drive. Uh, the bus driver remembers seeing him in, in his rearview uh, mirror up until he got to the last stop. Where whenever he would try to let uh, James get off the bus, he was nowhere to be found. All that was found was his jacket that was sitting next to him in, in the seat on the bus, with his uh, tr- uh, with his bus ticket still punched out in that po- in his uh, jacket pocket. To this day we don't know what happened. Up until that last stop he was seen, and
3: then next stop was Bennington, and then he was gone. So That's... like just in the middle of the road he disappeared.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing: the, the bus was actively driving at this time. Yeah. So he would have to have like done something which would have been very obvious to get off the bus. Because
2: there's no reasonable explanation for it otherwise, because he can't have just like jumped through a window, because that would have been fucking painful to begin with.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, but like like I said. Not even the bus driver knows what happened to him. He was there up until that last stop,
3: you know? It's so weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bus driver remembers seeing him, like, after he closed the mm-hmm. door in the in the second to last stop. Yep. Yeah,
0: you got to remember, these the, the cases I'm covering now were the cases that were very famous and popular right. uh, circulating the Bennington Triangle. So there were a lot of journalists, a lot of reporters coming to these people, you know, getting their story, you know? So the fact that all the, all these, you know, accounts, you know, line up and everything, it really kind of speaks volumes to what happened. Now I will say a lot of people speculate that this specifically happened in the Bennington triangle, but the evidence I found can't, you know, support that. It says it's possible, but it's not, you know, likely. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, like I said, the, the, this case specifically, you know, is surprising to me because you're on a moving vehicle. have just disappeared you know all all the other cases are are people traveling through trails and and disappearing and yes it's still strange especially that there's only one trail that everyone follows and you're just suddenly gone yes even with animals and wildlife that could take you and Mm -hmm. maybe you'll never find them again you still don't find a trace of them you know no dropped phone or no dropped water bottles pack you know backpacks torn clothing you know nothing you know anything like that you don't see anything like that you know yeah. a lot of these times these trails stop off in the middle of nowhere or they'll lead right up to a highway and then just disappear as if like they got picked up by somebody
3: and were were there other people on the bus not only the bus driver
0: yeah like there were other people on the bus getting off at different stops and everyone remembered him up until that last stop yeah uh, because uh, he was the last rider he would have gotten off at bennington that's the end of the line it feels like which in the matrix i don't know i don't know the, the matrix is so, a simulation theory and, and that's a whole
3: another rabbit hole yeah
1: so so, so that, he he, he, was was cool he was the only he was the allowed.
3: only writer from yeah, like he, the second was, class up to bennington guy. yeah he was
0: the only writer to bennington as far as i know
1: i keep thinking this place sounds like just I mean, sounds like some bad news all around you got a new <laughs> and disappearing people right? and bigfoot and whatever and' a i still want
2: to go <laughs> I still want to explore
1: it. You know, it, it, it's funny
0: because this is the triangle that's famous in the you know New England region. But there's one that's actually even worse that I found.
1: You found a worse triangle than this?
0: Yeah. It's like, in Massachusetts. It's called the Bridgewater Triangle.
2: Oh, cool. I, don't, yeah. I only knew the tri- triangle existed, so I'm learning a lot right now.
0: Yeah. But uh, th- this has a lot of, you know, interesting implications, you know, for for you know, route and all discussions like UFOs and stuff like that. Because you you guys know, I'm a very firm believer in you know UFOs and the possibility of what's out there. You know, I'm open I'm open to the idea of what could what we could find and all that. I mean, help. That's why we did a SETI episode. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. What, you know, what what I'm and, thinking with this
3: um, buzz Rider is that. Okay, it's just random theory, but maybe he wanted to sort of, like, leave his life. He was tired of his life, tired of his family, and he was friends with the bus driver. I mean, And they possibly, made a back then. it's like, okay, I'm going to sort of disappear because...
0: Reading, he had, you know, he was on good terms with his family. Mm-hmm. He was very friendly with everyone but uh you know he just was one of those people who enjoyed a simple life he'd go to work he'd go
3: home relax and that's it and, and, Maybe you know he got tired of the simple life
0: i mean possibly he saw and he saw, I mean, I and he saw it as an, an opportunity sort
3: of like there were so many disappearances that it's like i mean i could just be one more i mean possibly yeah
0: but you know I, I I mean, i'm maybe, not going to answer that this happened you know 70 yeah. years ago yeah, yeah so, it's you yeah. can't get into to that extent you. But, uh, you know, other other theories about uh, James's case in particular is that people may have misremembered, you know, who it was that they saw or, you know, misassociated mm-hmm. James with somebody else that they saw on the bus that got off at a different time.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it still doesn't ask, you know, answer what happened to James because he never came came back to his family. Yeah. You know,
1: I, I think I kind of like the idea that it, well, I, mean, I don't I don't know if I like it, but. It, it's possible it's just misinformation. All it's of possible, it. yeah. Like we, somebody just got something wrong, you know.
0: One thing leads to another, and then you're spouting something that never happened. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, it, it happened in, in, in an area that doesn't have a lot of people in a time period where journalism wasn't as heavily scrutinized as it is now.
1: Yeah. Now, if this happened in the modern day, like a person actually did just disappear, like vanished, I don't know. Yeah. Um, there would be a lot more information on it. We would have his email. We would have his like oh, Of course
0: we, we'd have his GPS data from his phone. Yeah. You know, That's from any case, or case, you're, or you're any
2: case or whatnot. on the bus.
0: Yeah. But um, yeah, there, there's, there is one more case I wanted to cover uh, that happened during this time period. Uh, it happened in 1950 by a woman named Frida Lander. She disappeared on October 28th in 1950. Uh, she was hiking with her cousin when Frida had gotten separated because she was trying to go back to camp to change after getting her clothes wet. She wanted to go dry off uh, and, and relax, uh, but whenever her cousin got to camp, Frida was nowhere to be found. Um, a massive search was eventually, you know, mounted by the police, by volunteers, by firemen, and even the military. You know, were brought in to look for her, but nothing turned up until the following May, several months later. When her body was found in a field that had been searched extensively prior to, uh, you know, the frosting and the and the thawing during spring, so we don't know what happened. Just one day, her body was there after it had not been there for what uh, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. That's f- that's six. That's six months right there. Six months.
2: It feels like it was almost purposely dumped.
0: Almost. Um, I didn't get too much into the details of of her body as it was found, but uh, yeah, it was it was definitely strange, and and, you know, due to the nature of a lot of these cases, uh, that's why a lot of people talk about you know UFOs or the man-eating rock being possible explanations to you know what they're finding here.
3: Um, Apart from sort of the Native American tales, what's the earliest case?
0: Uh, Like I said, the earliest case I found of anybody disappearing was. In the like early 20s, early 30s, Uh, but possible cases could date back even sooner. Just they weren't recorded.
3: Right. And one of the latest, which one was it?
0: Well, they start like all the uh, disappearances really kind of died off in the mid 60s. You know, I haven't really found any cases other than the occasional here or there. Right. You know, and a lot of people actually speculate that a big reason for that is because there wasn't anything paranormal that happened with these people's disappearances. There was just a serial killer is what a lot of people think.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But then
0: again, it runs into the question, how do you not leave any evidence? How do you just find these people on a 22 and a half mile stretch of, of trail? In, in It'd be wood? sheer
2: luck, wouldn't it? It'd be absolute sheer luck.
3: Or yeah, he, exactly. Or he so could track them.
0: How often you'd have to be out there hunting these people for the one straggler and how much you'd have to be following that person out in the middle of the forest. You know?
3: Maybe he, he got a kick out of sort of finding somebody entering the trail and hunting Probably. them.
0: You know possibly um but then you know comes to the other question how do you do it and not leave any trace yeah nobody nobody's screaming nobody no bloody footprints or hard, surely, know, yeah scuffle no evidence being left behind a backpack you know water trail uh, uh Tough to a tuft of hair even hat anything you know so it's like i get the reasons behind it but it still leaves so many questions unanswered yes. it's, I don't know. I think of but every explanation, we
2: would have more answers, no more questions to be answered, even.
0: Yeah, and, and, and you know, I, I'm just brought to a point where I'm, I'm asking myself, you know,
3: what's actually going on? I don't the, know. The initial case, the guy was alone.
1: Um, and w- which, uh, uh, which
3: the one um, uh like the outdoors guy that was in the in the. Oh, track. Mitty Rivers,
2: young yeah. man, yeah
0: yeah see okay so many rivers like i said he was an experienced outdoorsman that lived in the area um and as far as i know 30 plus years he had been able to, you know to accurately track and navigate and camp in the woods mm-hmm. and uh he was leading a he was leading a party you know back to their camping trail and he had gotten ahead and so mm-hmm. like you catch him you catch up with him later on on the trail back to camp but that never happened he was right. just gone you know So, and and they mounted their own search party and nobody was able to find any trace of what happened to him.
2: I mean, one could argue poor health for his age, but even then that would say, hey, if he'd fallen, you'd still find him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, even still, you would find evidence of maybe he had a heart attack. Well, then you would find, you know, footprints that lead to the idea of him falling over somewhere or struggling to, you know, catch his breath. You know, he would probably turn around to the nearest people near him trying to ask for help, you know. And again, no evidence of any, of any kind came up about this.
3: Yeah. Plus he'd feel like something's coming up and we'll try to seek someone. Yeah. So,
0: so, I mean, like I said, there, there are so many stories and cases that you can do in your own time to, to research the area and New England as a whole, because there is so, so many interesting stories, so many interesting tales and folklore that you can find in this area. Um, and just, a lot of it's you know uncorroborated. A lot of it doesn't have you know clear-cut answers. You know, a lot of them are, are just subject to local local myths and legends that are very hard to find. But they are definitely worth you know looking into and reading.
1: Can I just say I'm kind of getting like similar vibes to uh, Roanoke. Roanoke. Yeah. The the uh, what was the village Roanoke. Is it is it Roanoke? It's Roanoke. I don't know why I said Roanoke. Okay, uh, <laughs> Roanoke
0: yeah yeah you know a whole colony just disappeared leaving behind very little evidence of where they went yeah Yeah. i've not heard
2: of roman oak
0: well it's it's mostly you know an american thing so i'm not surprised but yeah it's uh what was his name john smith like every other explorer that we know yeah, i'm
1: pretty sure every explorer was john smith
0: pretty much every other explorer was john smith but there was a a man who came and colonized a certain part of uh what was it virginia um and settled on an island named it roanoke and he had to leave you know to go get more supplies and more settlers back from england but that's whenever the uh the seven years war broke out and he had to stay and help england so he was stuck there for three years when he came back, the colony was gone, you know. And all they found, scratched on a on a wooden uh, wooden pole, was the word toan which is one of the Native American um, Native American tribes that lived in the area. So they assumed that that's where they went, but they never found him.
3: Yeah, that sounds like a massacre. Yeah, possibly, but there's no evidence of a massacre. You know, I guess you'd find neighbor.
2: like blood and stuff if there was.
3: I mean, but three years later, I mean, it's gonna dry up. Plus, well, you you would uh,
0: you would find evidence of, of you know your dead tribesmen or you know integrated women you know in these in uh, in these Native American tribes you know.
1: Well, what I'm what I'm kind of starting to think is perhaps they were just really good at cleaning up. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't think we should underestimate the Native Americans.
3: Well, After yeah, no, all, that, I mean they were invading they, their land. They would take
0: pride in what in their you know attack. They would show off, you know, would would you not think? But even still, there is evidence that they actually integrated with a completely different Native American tribe, as there is one found near the Carolinas, I believe, that show nothing but blonde haired, blue eyed children, you mm-hmm. know, who have stories that make it seem like they were the lost, you know, colony of Roanoke you know mm-hmm. that integrated with that you know Indian tribe and later assimilated completely. you know so so there, there's a lot of speculations that I, I found about Roanoke itself and all that That's probably worth an episode in the future um, so we'll we'll, we'll see uh, what what comes up with it because I know quite what,
3: when did it happen? Roanoke, yeah.
0: Oh, it happened in, uh, like, 1607, I want to say. It happened early, early.
3: Oh, yeah, early, long, like early know. colonization. It, it
0: was one of, like, the first three colonies, you know, Plymouth mm-hmm. and Connery, the other two. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, I mean, yeah, like I said, strange area. You know, there's a lot of things happening. Um, and I was kind of kind of holding off on this one thing I wanted to bring up. Because for a long time, I personally was like heavily into like the metaphysics and alternative beliefs, as embarrassed as I am to admit that. But there's one theory that does kind of link to this area that I don't know where it it does fit in. Um, So if you've heard of places obviously like the Bermuda Triangle, if you've heard of, uh, you know, the Japanese counterpart, Dragons Triangle um there is a belief in that ley lines if you're familiar with that term you know some spiritual connection between certain points on the earth that lead to this you know spiritual connection all over that certain points where all these ley lines intersect you know have you know these massive effect on the planet that could lead to events such as people disappearing you know tornadoes alien activity sasquatch stuff like that and some people excuse me some people believe that this part of the New England area is connected to such, you know, events that these label lines do converge over near Glastonbury Mountain, you know, as part of this grid that connects to these other famous triangles that we know of all around the world. Like I said, in Japan, you know, the Dragon's Triangle and the Bermuda Triangle out in the Caribbean and all these other spots that are very famous for activity around the world, people have attributed to being part of this grid. So if you really like to get out there and you know metaphysical theory and stuff like that you know that's where a lot of people connect these disappearances to you know as, as almost like these nexus points of spiritual energy
1: it's a very far-fetched theory but obviously yes but, but it's a lot I, I i say it's a lot more solid than just saying they've vanished, right it's just, well, just disappeared. Okay, yeah. it's
2: goodbye yeah. i mean um, i know a little bit about the lines and stuff because Again, I love researching this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of understand where they'd be coming from insofar as this sort of powerful energy would just snatch people away.
0: I mean, yeah, and like, like I said, I, I was, I was uh, really into it for like two, three years until you know, I kind of came to realize there's so much contradictory information and just so much that's you know, wrong and, and that's taught. And it's like, I couldn't be a part of that anymore because mm-hmm. I, I was all about the pursuit of truth, not accepting what was spoon fed to me. You know, well,
1: where does the idea of a uh, what was it called? Landline, ley lines, ley line? Where does that idea come from? What's the origin of it?
0: Uh, I'm not the person to ask about that, but I can tell you like ley lines are like this, um, this uh, theory theoretical system of um geo points, if you will, that connect in a line. Like, uh, like it's believed that this is why certain monuments were built in certain areas, especially in Europe. Uh, in England, I know you can find places like certain churches, old Viking mounds and stuff like that. Even Stonehenge falls on a lot of these different ley lines, you know. And when you draw lines connecting them and then you expand these lines all around the globe and you find all these other points, you're able to find a lot of these other monuments like the pyramids uh, out in Giza, the pyramids out in, you know, uh, Chichen Itza and Mexico. A lot of these sites supposedly fall on these ley lines. You know, and they create, like, a global network in that, in that theory of, like, just a, some sort of spiritual, ethereal connection, which doesn't make sense. That's interesting. Yeah, but, it, I mean, but when you do go into, like, Google Maps and stuff, a lot of these places do line up. They do connect. So that, that is something interesting to know is, like, our ancestors weren't stupid. They understood geometry. They understood astronomy. They knew how to t- use that to their advantage. But to, without talking to each other, you know, make such, you know, accurate predictions and, and correlating, you know, monuments, I don't know. It just seems like a lot to me. Yeah, at well, what point
2: do we want to attribute um, coincidence alongside purpose? Because a lot of it is probably just coincidental.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, in science, you know, they, they say, you know, uh, what, what was it? Um It's like, um, I can't remember right now. Can, I'm blanking out. No,
1: that's fine. Can, can I just say that this, this itch, like it's inching, sorry, inching very, very dangerously close to um, ancient aliens. Yeah, that's uh, one topic. Yeah, and that's, this is like, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, cool theory, bro, but like, let's be serious here. And, and I mean, I get it. It is it's It's fun to think about. it's it's very interesting. and who knows? Maybe there's a certain amount of val you know you know truth to it. To it. it could also just be coincidence. could. it could. absolutely. But uh,
3: how, how do they connect the lines? Uh,
1: uh, yeah, the lines? yeah. so what what we'll do? Well, okay,
0: let's take um, Stonehenge, for example, and then there's another church uh, in England that I cannot think of off the top of my head, uh, but it's very old, very famous. Uh, so just come up with any theoretical church in your head. Okay, we'll use that, and then we'll create a a, a straight line on you know a 3D map. You know, use Google Earth. We'll create a, stri- a straight line between these two points, and then you just keep mathematically stra- uh, extending those lines in both directions, and then in theory you'll start finding other sites that are on these ley lines, and then you'll do that with all these other agreed on you know points and monuments that are believe to be on these sites, and then you can keep doing the same thing elsewhere, and eventually you're going to create, like I said, a whole grid, you know, around right. the globe. And there, there's other people who have gone even farther into talking about how it works. Like I said, I'm not the person to ask. If you're interested in the ley lines and you know their possible real life implications, do your own research. I always highly encourage it, you know, because I, I, like I said, I'm not the authority to ask. I, I just something i remember from my past i felt is relevant now yeah so but but yeah i mean that that's really kind of a lot of the the gist of the mysteries that have been going on you know in this area like i said i felt like it was an interesting kind of thing to cover because i didn't want to cover you know forests you know because there's a lot of interesting things that happened Uh, I was originally turned on to the idea by, you know, a book called Missing 411 that talks about all these cases of disappearing people out in our national forests and parks, you know, Uh, because especially there's, you know, there's cases very famous, you know, from near where I live out in California. uh, Whenever I was there, uh, you find cases from Joshua Tree, which was, uh, you know, a national park that I I frequented very, very much. Uh, There's cases out, you know, out in the middle of the desert that you hear all the time from these, you know, famous parks. People just up and vanish. We don't know where they are or we'll find them, you know, miles away, you know, with, with, you know, experiencing things that, you know, don't make sense to us. You know, you hear cases about people whose compasses, you know, they were turned around that made no sense. You know, very few cases of people whose bodies were found, you know, were found in extraordinary circumstances that would make no sense
1: even for like the most adept person. I, I feel like there's you a uh, there's a lot of mystery that comes with a forest. That's oh, of forest. course. Again, obviously, I mean, to some yeah.
2: extent, there is obviously the fact that people will have fallen or they'll have drowned. So obviously, there's going to be a couple of cases of that, but they haven't been found because they have fallen down somewhere very, very deep, or they've been caught in a river somewhere.
3: Plus, it's very easy to get lost. Yeah, extremely I mean, and you easy. get very uh, you get very frustrated and just start walking any direction. Oh and, yeah, you know, one thing that leads to another and disappear yeah
1: it's just like miles and miles and you never know how 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 far away it is it's it's a terrifying place to be in um if you're if you're not like prepared oh yeah i mean you could be there till you die
0: and i like i like to go camping you know at least once a year and all that. i like i I like to you know stay active and, and uh you know experience the outdoors as much as i can but even i know it's like if you're not careful, you, you're gonna get screwed over. There's gonna be a day where you make that one wrong move, and it's just gonna build into so many other things. And next thing you know, it's nighttime. You don't have a fire. You don't know where camp is. Yeah. You know, and you're screwed. See, yeah, that's you know, why you know, I with my father.
2: <laughs> he gets lost all the time, and I'm like, yeah, no, you get lost. I'm gonna stay safe.
0: Well, you know, I I, I live for the outdoors. I I love it. You know, yeah. I wish I could go out a lot more. Mm-hmm. Which is I hope to do, you know, by the end of this year. Hopefully, the start of next year. But you know, it, it, it's no joke. It, it's dangerous out there. You got to know what you're doing. You got to be prepared. And always, you know, if you can, be with people who have experience. If you're if you're not that experienced going outdoors, don't think you can be smart and brave it on your own. I mean, you don't know what can
1: happen to you.
2: Even where I live, I go to the moors, which are you nearby know, me, if I want to go out somewhere. And even then, there's a the fact that I've been caught waist deep in a bog before, and that is absolutely terrifying in and of itself. But yeah. there's also adders and stuff around where I live, which obviously, if you get bit by a snake, they're not extremely poisonous. It's not going to kill you in England, but it's still going to be bloody painful.
0: Yeah. And, you know, obviously, you, and even in minor situations like that, you're going to want to be careful, you know, because, again, if you don't know what could happen to you. Yeah, they may not be poisonous, but now you have, you know, a bite that can turn infected, you know.
2: You get ticks and all yeah, sorts so as well. Like, I mean, there's so many people yeah, who I know yeah, who have so. injured themselves.
0: Yeah, you know, you, you have so much that, that can affect you in the outdoors, you know, from the minor scrapes and, and bruises to, you know, serious infections and disease from, you know, just, you know, being outside, you know, it, it's it's no wonder people don't want to go out anymore. Mm. You know, I I enjoy it. Like I said, I like being part of, you know, outdoor, the outdoor lifestyle, but, you know, I, I do respect it. I, I also know it can kill me if it wants to.
3: So Yeah, I like yeah, the outdoors,
2: but being cautious outdoors.
3: Yeah, you have to respect it. I think that's the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, respect you know, always, that you're in a in a in a hostile environment. Yeah, you know,
0: always you know, clean up after your mess. Don't leave you know any trash. Make sure your fires are put out. Make sure you have you know emergency you know uh, first aid kits, flares, whatever you would need. Make sure you have backup equipment in case you might lose something. You know, you don't know.
2: I mean, I used to carry pocket knife on me.
0: Yeah, it's always a good start. Always have a knife at, at, to some degree because a knife is, you know, infinitely useless when you're outside. Huh. So, uh, but, what's up? Do you
1: mean infinitely useful? I said, yeah. That's what I said. you said are useless. That, <laughs> <that be> <laughs> oh, I meant infinitely useful. I told totally him useful. I, <laughs> okay.
0: I did. Like, oh god, I, I've been having. You're a having a day, time.
2: Aaron. You really are.
0: I, I know. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. You know, going back to work again has really been screwing me over. But, you know, I, I, that's part of my charm. I am delightfully stupid. I know that.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, at least uh, I caught it. Got
0: yeah. It. I'm glad you guys caught it because I would I was going to keep going and not, not comment on it at all. I thought I had it right. But, you know, it was, you know, this has been a fun episode. Uh, I didn't intend for it to be a little shorter, but I'm kind of glad, it you know, it was, you know. We, we've had a few longer episodes and they've been you know
2: yeah i think our last time. one was like an hour and a half odd
0: yeah something like that yeah. hour 40 minutes almost
2: yeah if we had a pretty long one last one
0: yeah so you know it feels good we did a shorter one it feels good that we did one more you know focused on what you know the this uh, content's supposed to be about be about you know and, and it was nice covering you know some some disappearances for once you know just just out of nowhere yeah you know because i i really enjoyed digging into the local legends you, you know I, I enjoyed finding out the, the the cool little stories i didn't know before mm-hmm. you know so I, I i'm glad i got you all by the way on the two truths and a lie i'm glad you guys went i am it, so uh,
2: miffed i moved to three i should have stick with two Ah.
0: you, you guys should have
2: oh you I'm so, so miffed you
0: won against the odds <laughs> yeah you know but you know that's what makes this fun you know that's what that's what i like you know because because I think so far, Vlad's won two of them. I think CC's won one episode, and on the vampire episode that I to do with you, I think I lost that one. I you, you know,
1: did. Yeah, you did. You did I, one. we're
0: eventually I, we're going to come up with like a whole scoreboard and everything. Yeah, you know,
1: I want one of these one of these days we gotta we gotta come up like the man eating rock. That's that would have been brilliant. Right. That would have been brilliant. It would have been Dude. an amazing lie. If,
0: if, if you like, yeah, exactly. that's what made it so much better that it was actually true.
2: See, I was thinking that that might not be a lie because I've I've looked into enough sort of Native American sort of folklore to think that there's ever a possibility that it could be true. But at the same time, yeah, like... I don't trust that it's
3: true. <laughs> <laughs> so you go is like,
2: nah. It can't. Be. I just no, felt I it
3: was too random. I mean, a man-eating rockets. I don't know. It's difficult to get there, <laughs> right? I, yeah, I could, uh,
1: I could have sworn yeah. I was like, Aaron came up with that one. That was that was one of Aaron's like. <sighs> That was no, weird. no. I wish it was. Nah.
0: I always get you guys in my lives because I make them very simple. I don't make them stand out. I, I do I do that on purpose.
2: I am going to be I, so I, ready for the next one. I'm going to win one. You
0: think so, but next one I don't think is uh, going to be me. I think Vlad's going to host that, our next one, I think.
1: Yeah, I uh, should be hosting the next one.
0: So, now you, you got to learn Vlad. You've been you've been ah, learning okay. me for a long time.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> I might be screwed over from that one then.
0: Yeah, you might. But as always, you know, it it was wonderful having you on today, Sebastian. Yeah, you know, thanks a lot. You help us. This
3: was great. I learned a lot. You know, how how did you like the episode? I mean, you know, I loved it.
0: I thank you. Yeah. I know it's a bit different from uh from your formula on your show, stay hydrated, you know, which again, thank you for uh, letting me be a guest on your show. For sure, it man. It was a lot of fun. I was glad we were able to get Yeah, to it was a great it. conversation. Yeah you know and, and you know hopefully we can do some more work in the future you know for in, sure in, man in, yeah in, let's, let's keep in touch here. i like working with you you know and as we grow i only i i just want us all to keep you know growing and connecting more for sure you now i mean
2: that. well I, I look forward to uh potentially seeing you again cuz you're quite cool
1: thanks yeah. yeah yeah it was it was really fun recording with you
0: yeah and, and yeah. as our first collaboration i'd like to say you know i think it was a massive success for
3: all of us i agree no, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you guys were really welcoming. Uh, you let me talk. It, it was really great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's all we want to do. You know, yeah. we just we're all about the conversation. We're all about the people, man. So, you know, I, I, we're going to keep growing. We'll keep in touch. You know, see if we can do for some sure. more work in the future. For sure. You know? For
1: sure. But like,
0: like I said, if you guys have forgotten, you can go ahead and check him out over at his podcast, Stay Hydrated. You can go ahead and find that at YouTube. Apple podcast or Spotify or wherever else you might listen to your podcast anywhere else, anywhere, (laughs) anywhere anywhere. else,
3: anywhere else. If I'm not there, (laughs) it doesn't show podcasts. So as always, you can go ahead and
0: follow us on our social media over on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can join, uh, join us on our Facebook page over at files obscura. Um, We are going to be posting a lot more new content and with uh, us hopefully launching YouTube within the next few weeks. I am saying hopefully because I don't want to don't want to jinx it with everything going so well. uh, We'll be able to provide more content over there and we hope to see you guys help us grow on that platform as well. Um, With much love, we say goodbye.
2: Bye, guys. guys
3: Bye. Later.